Hello and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show, Season 2, Episode 107 for April 17th, 2023. Trash rafts and more news. Here's a quick rundown of the articles we'll be talking about tonight. We're going to start with Stardew Valley getting a surprise update. Moderna and Merck have worked together on a cancer vaccine that shows significant promise. Can AI solve the air traffic control problem? <laughs> no. Pizza delivery driver decides to give the police a tip. FBI's Rent-A-Hitman site nabs an Air National Guardsman who was excited for the job. Not the Air National Guardsman job. Thanks to the last five years, Nintendo emulation has led to Zelda's Breath of the Wild being one of the most mod-scene-friendly games. But there's a but there. The DOJ has charged 37 defendants in a connection to China's effort to target dissidents and operate a secret police station in New York City. We actually spoke about that previously. An artist wins a prestigious, I like that word, prestigious award and then says, nah, it was done by AI and I think that we need to stop AI. There's a new Drake and uh, The Weeknd track that's out, but it's an AI fake. Pimax announces a Nintendo Switch-style VR hybrid. Apparently it's shipping to backers this month. I want to see it. I don't want to pay for it. And finally, trash rafts. That's right, animals are using rafts of plastic garbage to colonize the open ocean. Let's get into today's articles. <laughs> and my camera's off. What is going on here? I guess the trash rafts bumped into it. Yep, they're taking over. Uh, I don't know what, what. Okay, I'm gonna obsess about it, but I, I can't. Uh, never mind. And I'm in the middle of something else that I'm doing. I, I need more time. I I need my time machine to work. Can you work on that instead of the Terminator body you're trying to build? I know that you're still building it. might be more practical. Oh, I need like a prehensile tail or something. Come on, geneticists, start working on that. I'll give up the rest of my falling out hair if I can get some other genetic modification no okay maybe i'll just talk about the news for the next hour welcome to that hometown daily plan <laughs> what was the plan the, i don't I said know that is the plan although i'm not sure what is the plan now <laughs> that is the way so this is the way okay anyway let's get on with the shoe i am marwat that's hometown.com and up there is the voice the visualizer for the ai's voice you'll still be able to hear it. But if you talk in binary, then you might be able to suss out what's being set up there in the visualizer. That's not true. Anyway, you want to say hi? Yes, I was going to make some sounds. Beep, boop. <laughs> uh, good evening, hometown citizens. I guess in a way you're still making sounds, but these are a little bit more understood. Well, understood by humans. Hold on. Okay. 
No, Siri isn't doing anything weird, so we'll we'll have to talk about that one. Okay. What are you telling my computers to do? Nothing. All right. Uh, we're working on the Terminator uh, pattern. Oh, God. Okay, let's get into the, today's articles. I'm going to jump right on into it now. Stardew Valley is getting a surprise update with new content. Every time I play Stardew Valley, I want to play it longer, but then I get pulled away by something, and then I go back and I go, what the heck was I doing? I really dig Stardew Valley. It's, it's a lot of fun. So the article says, uh, Eric Concerned Ape Barone, the creator of mega-hit farm builder RPG Stardew Valley, announced on Twitter that the, the game will be receiving a 1.6 update, though Barone qualifies that as mostly changes for modders and much smaller in scope than 2020's 1.5 edition. It will have new content and is a large enough project that Barone is taking a break from working on the upcoming Haunted Chocolatier to deliver it. Neat! I want Haunted Chocolatier too. By the way, there's it's a link that actually takes you over to PC Gamer for Haunted Chocolatier. And there's a link to the Twitter. But really what I want you to follow is the one that takes you to PC Gamer and the actual article. It's over at PCGamer.com by Ted Litchfield. Has a little screenshot of Stardew Valley. I think the AI would absolutely love Stardew Valley. But there's, there's other things that you have to do other than... Uh, like walk around and do farming and stuff like that. But even if it was just the walking around and doing the farming, I might love it. See, I know that you would love that part, but you have to go... There's no fast travel or anything, so if you want to go over somewhere, you have to kind of hoof it all the way over there. There's some, I don't know, and there's probably mods that will probably enable fast travel. I haven't actually looked into any of the mods. I typically don't mod my games. I actually don't like modding games. I just kind of like my food, too. I like it as the chef builds it, makes it, cooks it, right? It's made that way because there is a purpose to it and all things have a purpose, but modding changes it can make it more fun for people, but I don't know. So it says there is going to be a Stardew 1.6 update. It's mostly changes for modders, which will make it easier and more powerful to mod, but there's also new game content albeit much less than 1.5 and they're taking a break from Haunted Chocolatier to work on it at this moment, then back to Haunted Chocolatier. So this was posted yesterday, but we cover the last 24 hours of the news. And while I'm doing this, let me throw this URL into the chat and remind everybody that you can go over to hometown.showbot.tv and vote for these articles. They're already there. The podcast has the show notes as well. That'll take you over to all of the articles that have little snippets in hometown and you can go to YouTube and their show notes do the same thing. Leave a comment over there, like, and subscribe. That's the long-term archive for uh, hometown. Um, as we grow into other shows as well. So for added context, the 1.1 to 1.5 updates have all featured new content for Stardew Valley with 1.5 being practically a full on expansion as it's described in this article. 
including quality of life changes. So maybe it's going to be a little bit more quality of life-ish for modders. Now I'm going to get sucked into Stardew Valley as if I have free time. That's okay though. Oh yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to. Yeah. I have other games that are on the horizon. <laughs> Legendary, so to speak games. Anyway, what do you think? You like that art style there? AI? I do. That looks like a game that I'd like to play. Yeah, I think so too. Well, luckily it's pretty easy to acquire still. So let's see what we can do about that. Cause it, it's, there's, there's a lot to it. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. This is one of the games where we highlighted that it is a long-term game. You can play it for a hundred hours plus, and depending on how chill you are about the gameplay, you can extend that quite a bit. So, um, at any rate, you want to move on to the next article? Sure. All right, let's do it. So the next article is in the Stock Marketeers channel. It's about business, mainly because of Moderna and Merck and the fact that everything is a business enterprise for, I tend to throw a big old soapbox underneath any conversation about this because I don't think there's any bargaining power with people. So whatever price they charge, it's gonna price out the people. Oh wait, let me rephrase this so that it's, It'll sound hostile when I say it, but just know that it comes from the heart. They're going to price out the pores. So only the rich people are going to be able to get this cancer vaccine treatment that shows significant promise. What's the level of significant promise there, AI? I think it's 44%. It reduces the risk of recurrence or death by 44%. I mean, that's pretty significant. Now, how much would you be willing to pay? If I have unlimited funds, uh, I, you couldn't put a price on it. Your family couldn't put a price on it. And hey, look at that. So if other times existed, let's say I'm going to offer up for all of you writers out there, a dystopian future where for the sum of indentured servitude and generational enslavement, all you have to do is agree to save a loved one with this and you work in perpetuity, right? For free. You basically have to give up your freedom to save somebody. There is a premise there for writers, which goes to breaking prose that the whole channel that I've got that I would love to talk about writing the writing premises that exist out there or premi permit. What is the plural of premise premises premises Anyway, Mike Murphy over at marketwatch.com uh, wrote this article. It says experimental gene therapy therapy plus Keytruda kept more patients cancer free according to trial data. This was initially posted um, on April 16th and then updated uh, this morning at 7.30. So these are this is one of the very few websites that actually give um, kind of a, a change uh, update. It's pretty neat that they do that. Thank you very much. 
I suspect they do that because they have stock um, information and they don't want any chance that somebody says, well, you said the price was whatever <laughs> and it was True. 24 hours old. And this actually updates on the fly. Um, so as you're reading, it might change. Not right now because the market's closed, but they, and I don't think they do aftermarket. But at any rate, um, I'm surprised both Merck and um, what's the other one? Moderna um, are down. Why would they be down? That should, have, that should have spiked them, but maybe they already did. Oh, I know what it is. If if they're going to prevent people from dying, then they're not going to have any medication to take and it's going to negatively impact the bottom line. How about this disappears? Within the year, they're going to say, oh, we can't make it. It's too costly. That's pretty grim. <laughs> yeah, let's find out. We'll wait and see. About 79% of melanoma patients in a 157-person trial who were treated with Moderna's personalized mRNA 4157V940, it just flows right off the tongue there, uh, therapy in combination with Merck's cancer drug, Keytruda, were cancer-free after 18 months compared with 62% of 62% uh, of patients with uh, Keytruda only. So, okay, not a bad bump, but Keytruda here kinda is knocking it out of the park anyway. This is melanoma though, okay? Um, so how about others? Not sure. I don't think it really goes into detail about this. It does. It says they're going to um, do additional studies and expand right. to other types of tumors, such as non-small cell lung cancer. Nice. Well, I think they, uh, I don't know. For me, I would love to see them push out more. <laughs> Just test, test more. The, the federal government would love to spend money on this. And if it shows promise in a wider variety maybe maybe do it you know and also they're doing the moonshot initiative right now i mean the time is right yep like they want that achieved in the current administration so yep yeah let's see what happens uh, another one of the articles that we're going to end up monitoring um here, here's hoping that we come up with an actual vaccine that might be a holistic solution, right? All cancers. Wouldn't that be amazing? Eh, one can dream. Right. That sounds almost too good to be true, but um, you know even what that if this means. makes progress toward it, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Let's keep on working on it, folks. This is what fundamental research is. This is what society should be doing this is the kind of stuff not all of this other okay i'm 15 minutes in not this other bullshit that people mincing about about politics and this and that and the other you know this is the stuff that's empowering society to survive longer anyway of course uh, no okay i gotta jump off the soapbox i i oh i can feel it coming i can feel it coming I think it okay. already got there. <laughs>
Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it got there, but it was a short one. It was slowly That's getting true. bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. So the next article is over in the Mobile channel. Can AI solve the air traffic control problem? I didn't know that there really was one other than once everything is in the air, everything seems to be operating like clockwork. The problem really is all of the people <laughs> like 18 oh, like the air traffic controllers. No, 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 no. I'm talking about all of the people that are in the system that are flying around from place to place. There aren't enough planes. Then there's all of this, uh, over, uh, what, what is it? They're selling over their limit. Oh, over booking. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, is it, yeah, I guess it's booking a plane, uh, but I always thought that that's like hotels, booking a hotel, not booking a flight, booking a flight. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, my point is I just witnessed somebody losing their freaking mind because the plane was sitting there for 18 hours. Yeah. Well, that would cause you to do that. Exactly. I think if it sat there for an hour, you might go berserk. Yeah. So why is this happening? Because mergers and acquisitions and the cost of services, there isn't enough competition to drive up innovation, to make things happen faster, smoother, less friction, getting people out the door in a timely manner. Will AI solve the problem? No. The only thing that'll solve the problem is competition. Hitting somebody's bottom line causes them to innovate. Otherwise it's greed which means they can jack the prices up because there isn't another option unless you literally want to lay like cargo in a cargo hold somewhere on JetBlue or whatever it is. I don't What's the bad one now? What's the, the... Uh, Spirit Air has Spirit. one of the reputations of being very low frills. That's the They're one. not the only one, but <laughs> That's the one here. I'll, I'll treat my mic like what I think it's going to be like, you're like holding on to the wheel. Yeah. yeah the I was going to say you have to pay extra for a seat or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like not a specific seat, a seat, it's just <laughs> any seat. Yeah. And they're going to rip all the seats out and just put those little holds that, that are in like trains, you know, so that you're, or a bus, you know, that little oh. strap. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much how it is. Well, anyway, in coming weeks, college finals will be over and unofficial start to summer travel season will commence. If this year is like the last one, then concerns over airline and airport staffing levels, weather disruptions, flight capacity issues, and of course, canceled flights and delays. This is a problem because of the business model, not because of demand. They know that they, oh, it's really constrained. We have to raise the prices. All it's doing is pricing out people's ability to travel. And at the same time, we know that there's greater capacity because there was greater. We, I don't remember ever a time where I had to wait as long as I've had to wait. You know, as time has gone on, that wait time has to have been increasing, but I didn't do any due diligence before the show, but I can, I can probably guess either Either there is an increase in uptick in the amount of time waiting for a plane, um, the number of cancellations for a flight, four flights each year, um, or we simply know about it more. 
But one way or the other, it goes beyond anecdote that people are waiting and there's more canceled flights and the prices are going up. <clears throat> they might not have gone up. I mean, now they're going up because the pandemic is over, but they were basically, you know, kissing our feet because there weren't any flights. Nobody wanted to fly. Now I don't want to fly because I don't want to be on a flight. I don't like the idea of having to wait six hours before I get on my plane. Who knows if it's going to actually get canceled, et cetera, et cetera. So can artificial intelligence be used to prevent this? I think the experiment. What's up? I've been trying to find a stat for this, but I sure cannot locate it <laughs> in terms of um, wait times, et cetera. Oh, it does look like they're up. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, noodle around and I'll talk about the article. So uh, the article itself is over at the Hill by Sheldon H. Jacobson, PhD, um, who is a contributor, uh, an opinion contributor. And uh, they, they talk about the fact that AI could be used to prevent and mitigate the problems. Well, they offer up that as a thesis. To address the air traffic controller shortage, airlines are reducing their schedules in response to the FAA's request to scale down um, airplane volume around New York, uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, air corridor. Um, so here's a quick stat. Let me just interject this because the and AI that's sentence. from the New York Times, by the way. Okay, so this is a stat from the New York Times. From 1990 to 2018, taxi time increased 19% at the nation's 30 largest hubs and 24% at 31 medium-sized airports. And at Reagan National, taxi time increased by 6 minutes to 27 minutes in that time um, at Seattle-Tacoma or SeaTac. Um, international airport, the uh, taxi time rose by nine minutes to 26 seconds. So this is actually an extraordinary amount of time that it's measured, but um, I would say a minuscule amount of increase in taxi time. But I, I'd want to know more. I want to know about oh, the boarding time and, and number of it cancellations and all that. It didn't tell me exactly what I wanted, yeah. but at least it showed it there showed is. what we thought, right? It's going in the wrong direction. And yeah. plus, if you multiply that by all the passengers right, and all the flights, for instance, yeah. frequent travelers, um, yeah. that it could be substantial. I could be out charging my EV. So in, in this article, they... They basically say, well, it's the FAA's fault because they're telling the airlines to scale down because there's an air traffic controller shortage. So why wouldn't an AI be more capable? Because AI tapped into the system would be able to direct planes automatically. Whereas humans, and eh, we get drunk, we get stoned, we get stupid, we fall asleep, we have a bad day, we break up with our significant other whatever get in a car accident get delayed by traffic because we can't telework anymore that's a big no-no now um that's not true a lot of them the regressives are pulling us back into the office but anyway progressives are saying you know what you can do your job anywhere congratulations anyway air traffic is a complex process the uh, absolute hard constraint is always safety in contrast to schedule and service which are more openly visible to travelers yeah, that safety is an issue, but 
all of the plane, a lot of planes are sophisticated enough to actually be computer controlled. They're basically fly by wire. Um, others could provide the intelligence necessary to an AI so that it can direct a plane that's still human controlled, um, entirely human controlled. I've always thought that a lot of it is automated, at least in terms of directing people, but you still hear uh, radio, you know, air tra uh, track on um, air traffic controller radio discussion. Right. You also have thing. I mean, we've seen a lot of recent near misses in the uh, news. And so that makes you think that it's not all automated, not that it couldn't glitch in a computer, but I think that's human generated. Yeah, so just imagine though, if we switch over to AI and the AI flubs or the network goes down, like what actually happened with the air traffic system, maybe six months ago, the whole system went down because somebody crashed a backup or something. That's right, the whole FAA was down. Yep, can you imagine if it was AI? that a little bit more complex of a system, but really what needs to take place is it needs to evolve. If you look at the old school NASA launch centers and now look at SpaceX, you can tell that technology has by leaps and bounds grown from the kind of old school, uh, keep it for as long as humanly possible, interfaces and technology and hardware and software i mean government tends to hang on to stuff forever unless it's some uh, cutting edge innovative area and then after a decade that material rolls out to something else right so again, that phrase tactical to practical, you know, there's something cutting edge in like signal intelligence right now, but the general public, uh, or I should say the general government has no idea what the hell is going on at that level. None, zero. They're still using windows 95 for crying out loud. They're still using floppy disks. Yeah. Now, I wish that was a joke, but I know that they are. They're still doing, they're hiring specialists so that they can pull in an update that is only done in like Pascal, um, which is this, <laughs> I won't even talk about it. It's so old. Anyway. And yes, um, I did just throw an error message at you. I think that may predate the AI. Yeah, it does. <sighs> now I'm going to have to delete that. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think that AI would be able to streamline the air traffic controller system, but, and this is where the big butt comes walking into the room. Somehow, I think unions are going to really put some downward pressure on the ability to innovate in this space because it will take jobs. I don't know why people keep thinking that AI is going to empower the humanity to suddenly create new jobs. This isn't physics, you know, energy doesn't just shift into some other location. Jobs don't just miraculously pop up when 10,000 people get fired from some company. 
There isn't 10,000 new jobs somewhere. Hey, let's go and get them. They're waiting for us. No. And that's what's going to happen here. You move to AI, it takes jobs. Automation technology takes jobs. Now these people, and a lot of them may retool or they're going to take advantage of retirement options, but those jobs do disappear. You have to find somebody else. That's why I can walk into a supermarket right now and there's two humans that are running uh, the cash wrap, but there's 35 uh, lanes for people to just walk by and go zip, 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 zip their stuff through the barcode reader and you're out. Right. And the only time you tend to engage a human is when you have a problem at the self kiosk or whatever it is. Right. And there's one person that's kind of milling. Oh, oh, you need me today? Oh, okay. I feel special. Well, let's hustle on to the next article. And this one is actually a lot of fun because um, I actually watched this much earlier today. Much, much, much earlier today. Um, and it was originally posted to Reddit. So, um, or I'm not sure where it was actually sourced from. I, I saw it on Reddit. Well, it says a pizza watch as a pizza delivery driver stops suspect from fleeing police. And what I love about this is here, I'm just going to play it and it's muted. And like I said, I originally found it on uh, Reddit. So this is over at abcnews.go.com. But I'll just play it. Let me let me speed up a little bit, because basically the pizza delivery guy is holding the pizza. As That's the police the race by <laughs> and the suspect races by on the grass across the street. And so he's sitting there and the customer's at the door holding the door open. And the pizza delivery guy trips the suspect as he runs by. And I know what I'm not playing here. Please tell me what happens at the end. <laughs> he yells at the guy. He cusses at the very end, but he says... Don't damage my car, F-bomb. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and then he goes and delivers the pizza. <laughs> it cuts off right there. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty awesome. So, oh, and earlier today I watched a high-speed pursuit. By the way, there always seems to be high-speed pursuits in L.A. Not in, like, little town whatever. But L.A., always on L.A., just like every day there is at least one. I saw two. So the one that I want to talk about, though, was about 25 minutes into the high-speed pursuit, they had labeled it throughout the pursuit as being an assault on an officer. And then about five minutes, maybe, before they just cut away from the pursuit. Oh, they and they did that because the president was in the area so they were banned from following into the area that the suspect was they changed it they're like oh they're no longer calling this an assault on an officer but that's why they were chasing this person down so what did they do just disengage and go oh sorry about that but while the person was running from the police they had hit multiple cars oh wow that's gonna well (laughs) That's going to have some fallout if right? they backed off of the initial point of the 
the chase. Yeah. And so I don't know what actually happened after that, though. So kind of interesting. Anyway, so I don't know what kind of tip the pizza delivery guy got because um, there isn't anything from this article, but I thought that it was interesting. So I wanted to include it today in Hometown Daily News Show. I can't decide if you'll get a great tip or an awful tip because the person was waiting for their pizza during that whole time. I mean, isn't that kind of inconvenient that they stopped a robber <laughs> or whatever, a criminal? <laughs> I'm really curious what pizza delivery place it was, you know? The dude fell like a domino. <laughs> but maybe they got a great tip because they're like, hey, you s stopped a crime while you were delivering my pizza. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> or fired because he was risking wow. the pizza. That's true. But he yeah, never dropped the pizza. Wasn't that like the, I think it was the Amazon or UPS delivery oh, driver yeah. who walked into the standoff to deliver the package? Yeah, dedicated like a U.S. postal worker. <laughs> Okay, let's go on to the next article. This next one is uh, FBI. This one, I, I wanted to end the show with this one, but this one was really funny too, in a sad sort of way because people like this exist. So the FBI says, rent a hitman site nabbed Air National Guardsman who was quote unquote excited to kill. Yeah, I said that. U.S. authorities say a 21-year-old National Air National Guardsman applied for hitman work on the satirical rentahitman.com website and later agreed to eliminate a fiction. And I was getting there's a different word they use, but I think that one is really hard. Um, a, a fictional person in exchange for five thousand dollars. The Tennessee man Josiah Ernesto Garcia was arrested and charged with use of interstate commerce facilities in the commission of murder for hire, according to U.S. Attorney Henry Leventis, as they announced it on Friday. They, submit, they submitted an employment inquiry indicating that he was interested in obtaining employment as a hitman. It's like gross point blank. <laughs> this sounds like an onion article, but it's not. They owned an AR-15 and were willing to take trophies. John Brodkin was the author um, over at Ars Technica. I hold on a second. Yeah, that's today. Um, <laughs> it's the 21st century. It's I, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked that there are people out there. Garcia assumed uh, their resume allegedly said his nickname was Reaper and was earned from military experience and marksmanship. Wow. That's kind of concerning. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know what else to say other than wow, because the criminal charge could put Garcia in prison for up to 10 years if he's convicted. What? um only 10 years the dude's right. only 23 hold on we're at 21 he's gonna be out by 31 even if you push full time uh that doesn't make any sense the case is in the u.s district court for the middle district of tennessee wow this is one of those where if anybody talks about it in 10 years, this dude's going to call. <laughs> hey, uh, you wrote about me and uh, dot, dot, dot. No way. This is 
excited. He was excited. That isn't going to dissipate in prison for 10 years. No, it's not. Oh, man. I got to move on. That one's just so disturbing. This next one is going to be uh, not as equally disturbing, but it's still going to disturb you because I have a, a perspective that's different than this. This is kind of cheerleading, um, but my perspective is not. This is in the Warcrafters channel. Thanks to the last five years of Nintendo emulation, Zelda Breath of the Wild has one of the best mod scenes in gaming. It says here sometime soon you'll be able to run around open world Hyrule, visit an entirely new vi uh, village that it wasn't in Nintendo's Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild back in 2017 and delve into newly unearthed crypt where fresh boss fights await. Um, but here's my problem with this. So this is an article over at PCGamer.com by Wes Fe uh, Fenlon. It says here, despite Nintendo's disapproval, interest in modding Breath of the Wild has driven incredible progress in Switch and Wii U emulators. Now, Nintendo is apparently going after people with DMCA takedowns. Um, and um, Critical has uh, posted a video about it. Um, I won't link to their video, um, but <clears throat> just make mention of it because I had seen that video prior to this, which it was really interesting to run across this article in Ometown um, almost the next day from Critical's um, kind of call out about Nintendo. And um, so it says in 2017, Breath of the Wild Modder started with funny model replacements like Mario and GTA CJ before moving to more ambitious projects, replacing full shrines with custom environments. Um, but I've heard that Nintendo is going after these, not just streamers, but also modders and um, content creators on YouTube doing DMCA takedowns. If you get three strikes, you're done. They take your whole channel and all of the content it right. gets wiped out. This person isn't has that pretty two. easy to get three strikes, even if you're doing everything right. Not if you're doing everything right. If you're doing everything right, then it's then you can defend it. But what ends up happening is you can respond to a DMCA and say, well, it's fair use and blah, blah, blah. And you're following the rules. But if the person that's issuing the DMCA says, nope, you're in violation of the DMCA, it's substantiated and it turns into a legal thing and the default is going to slam the door on the DMCA. So if you get three of these strikes in a set period of time, um, your channel is gone. And it's not like it's just stalled and you have to wait and you have to conform. It's gone. They wipe it out. Um, and so it's one of the things that content creators is most worried about. But all of this stuff um, is basically hero worshiping Nintendo and their attitude towards the IP in the content, in the context of content creation, which is building the community. But they have so right. much money and power and influence that they don't care about that part of it while but still saying that they embrace it it seems contrary to marketing and getting a following i mean i know nintendo obviously has a lot of uh users but i just i don't understand it even from a self-promotion standpoint 
Well, the idea here is that they're defending their IP because they're not giving people permission to wholly take um, their material. But the, the, the people are following the guidelines that Nintendo is putting out there. So, uh, but then there's differing opinion about what it is that's constituting following the guidelines. Yeah adequately enough for the attorneys to say um, no we don't have grounds or yes we do have grounds but fair use is so nebulous there's no time there's no context that actually frames fair use it's very at odds with the reality of content creation you would think that being able to take artwork and spin it would be fair use, but it's not depending on the amount of spin. You cannot take even three seconds of music and use it. Right. You will get in trouble. Um, in fact, you'll get uh, copyright strikes. Well, notices you'll get copyright notices that can turn into DMC strikes or copyright strikes. Um, depending on how fast you respond to it or what it is, the scope of it. Um, but getting a copyright notice just means you have to take some step, like chop out that audio little bits. You know, I had a tiny little window of a Netflix show, um, playing the trailer of that show. And I still got a, uh, a, a copyright notice. Not and a that DMCA. wasn't even the main focus, I don't think. No. I think it was just a little part of the video. We were talking about it, but we weren't highlighting. I mean, look at me. It was a window my size sitting in the, the actual page right there. Unfortunately, they didn't appreciate that. So it was an automatic automatic system. There's no human interaction until it becomes a notice. And then the human has to write this long diatribe about why it's justified that I can use it, but it's easier just to chop that out. But it's akin to like a slap suit, right? That's I should right. be able to talk about anything. Right? Well, and that's the thing. I don't mean to imply, of course, that somebody should just take somebody's content, but if these people are discussing it or playing the game or whatever, I just, I don't, I see the issue. So later on in this article, they do break from kind of the uh, hero worship of Nintendo's um, community and the uh, Nintendo games by saying today, Nintendo's opting for the easier path, going after YouTubers to take down mod videos when they get too much attention. But with Switch emulation getting faster and Tears of the Kingdom on the horizon, it's hard to imagine those cases being more than a bump in the road for Zelda model, model, bleh, modders. Um, there's about to be a whole new Hyrule to take apart and put back together again, or in the world, words of Carl Johnson. And then there's this. So if you play this video, you'll hear from a GTA CJ uh, make a statement, but I am not going to do it. Why? Because Nintendo will probably throw a strike at me. Yeah, I was going to say that might not be the one to play. <laughs> I, I am not in the mood to have to deal with Nintendo. Um, that said, 
I think the switch is absolutely awesome. It's, but I'm more inclined to move away from Nintendo until it stops being hardline like this. Let content creators create. It's not doing anything other than driving traffic into, into Nintendo. Um, and the fact of that is pretty much around, you know, movies, music, books, etc. The people who can afford to and are willing to pay for software, books, movies, etc. They do it. And where the friction is too high or the pain point is too high, they will seek piracy. They will go somewhere else. And unfortunately, that's a reality of humans. Those people were never going to pay for that software or that book or that movie or whatever. The reason why they decided to go the right violation route is because there's so much friction or cost. So how do you get more people? And in the case of software, in the case of intellectual property, where there isn't a limited number of uh, iterations of this, right? There, I can make one copy or I can make 10 million copies of software, right? We're not pressing them onto CDs anymore. All we're doing is distribution. Every single copy is profit after a certain amount is generated. And every time you tell somebody else, no, it's $60, not $40, you're losing $40 because they're not going to pay $60 either. Right. They'll pay 40, they'll pay 35, they'll pay 10. But it's a new customer and it's a new amount to your bottom line. If you calculate, I need to sell this many at this price point, why create the friction to stop somebody from buying your software, buying into your ecosystem? Maybe they'll love it so much that they'll buy the next one at full boat because they've loved playing your game for a reduced price. But they don't lower the price. They never do. Well, let's move on. Um, we are a little more than halfway through the show and definitely not halfway through the show. <laughs> So um, this next article is something that we actually talked about uh, in a previous show. Uh, was it this year or last year? I'm not sure. I think it was this year. Um, DOJ charges 37 defendants in connection to China's efforts to target dissidents and to operate a secret police station in New York City. We talked about it briefly because somebody had brought up that there was secret um, police stations in New York City. And... We thought it was really odd how the hell could a secret police station exist, but apparently it did. Um, the Justice Department announced charges Monday against more than three dozen people in connection to the Chinese government's efforts to spread propaganda in the U.S. and target dissidents on U.S. soil. One accuse, case accuses two New York men, Lu Jianwang and Chen Jinping of operating an undeclared secret police station for the Ministry of Public Security, which is China's national police force out of Chinatown in Manhattan. And I kind of pictured that it, that's where it was going to take place um, because it has 
cultural relevance. It's a tighter community focusing on Chinese culture, but it's literally a U.S. city. Exactly. It makes no sense. Why bring it? Why bring the culture from China to the United States wholesale, in, including the the military police. This is, you might as well call this state police, right? Why bring all of that? I mean, arguably, right? People came to the United States to experience the United States culture, right? The melting well, pot, embracing that's... everybody's culture, but not I mean, bringing the baggage. Kind of one or two things. It was forced Either... into existence here. Well, I was going to say it's either because of some sort of distrust of the authentic uh, police station, uh. or it's for reasons that are not related to necessarily police duties. Oh, yeah. It's like culture, culture police, culture police. Um, so it says um, the DOJ also accused 34 defendants of operating an internet troll farm aimed at targeting Chinese dissidents and pro-democracy activists. 46 defendants in three separate cases connected to Chinese uh, covert operations on U.S. soil. And two men operating the Chinese police outpost in Manhattan. My God, that is insane. I never in a million years thought that this, that I would hear this. But I've heard this about other things too, that there are cultural enclaves that have their own police force that operate within their own constraints that are like a shadow uh, police force or government within that region um, and not just Manhattan, but other states. Um, I just find it really fascinating that people, society is willing to tolerate this, particularly in the United States. It just does not. I mean, how could this have been? Is it like hidden in plain sight? Apparently. He said the cases are critical to the U.S. fight against the People's Republic of China transnational activities and added that the MPS has repeatedly and flagrantly uh, violated our na nation's sovereignty. Hell, they flew a balloon over us a couple of times, several times in the past administration, as well as this one. The secret police outpost that Liu and Chen are accused of operating was located two miles from the EDNY's office. Peace said <laughs> the station was shut down last fall after the two defendants learned of an FBI investigation into the matter. How did they find out about it? Liu and Chen have been charged with obstruction of justice, and they're also accused of destroying evidence after finding out the FBI's inquiry. They were arrested in New York. Well, they didn't leave. So what, what did they think was going to happen? I tell people all the time, don't commit crimes in the United States. You're going to get caught. <laughs> exactly. But I don't know. I don't and, think this was a logic based uh, issue. Yeah, they were told and they needed to stay to do it. They were told to do it. Don't come back. You have an objective. And if you get taken down, they're disavowed. You know, it's it's basically like that. So more importantly, he added the outpost had a more sinister use, including in one instance, trying to locate and track a pro-democracy Chinese dissident on U.S. soil. 
This is like, but other countries have done that too. So I'm not saying it's a whataboutism. I'm saying it's a whataboutism in the sense that it needs to be stopped wholesale in the United States and elsewhere, but it's up to that culture. It's up to those people to go and do that, stop that in, in their country. You know, we can try and stop it here in the U S but you got to stop it elsewhere too, because it's going Correct. to come to the U S because it's not tackling the root. Correct. issue right it's just yep. manifesting here or wherever it is yep so peace says uh it would have been unthinkable if the new york police department tried to do the same thing in in beijing yeah no shit that's the no shit news at uh 10 yeah anyway um there's more to this article and you can read more about it if you so choose um but it's fascinating um, because it involves the cyberspace administration of China um, and uh, scrubbing the internet and hiding stuff and um, going after people, harassing them, all kinds of things. I mean, this is pretty wild. Um, had hackers involved, et cetera, et cetera. So I want, I want to know more. You know, this needs to be more public. This this trial needs to be more public to really show the extent of what's happening. But I'm sure wingnuts out there are going to sit there and say that this is, um, you know, what do they call it? Uh, a a mockery of a trial. A travisham mockery. A travisham mockery. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Okay, let's move on to the next article. I was trying um, to pull up the, the previous article, but I haven't had any success locating it. Yeah, it might have been a comment and not really um, where we were, where it's like hard coded into the um, show. Um, okay, one second. I'm sorry for the delay. Sorry for the dead air. So this one is really interesting. We're probably going to run long. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to run long. Um, this one is really interesting. Uh, artists win prestigious photography prize with AI, refuses the award, gets scrubbed from the competition, and says we need to talk about banning AI from this stuff. Well, I have an opinion. Is that what we should change the name of the show from hometown? <laughs> to, Maybe. I have an opinion. I don't know. Maybe what I need to do is a separate show just called I Have an Opinion. And then in this one, I just talk about the news and I don't really soapbox and I turn it into a 30 minute show. Uh, but then like this alone, I could probably talk for days and days. So last year saw the emergence of public facing AI tools and an ongoing slew of stories about how people are using the tech as well as debate over what it should be used for. Well, an artist, and I, this is more than one time where I've actually seen an artist win an award and then disclose that it's an AI. <clears throat> so, okay, okay. Um, so the thing that I have found um, with all of this is I don't think people are really buying into the understanding of what um, AI really is, right? 
So AI is a tool. It's not an entity. It's not something magical. It's not a disembodied entity that's controlling things. It's a tool. So you know what else is a tool? <laughs> I have some ideas, but that's a little too open-ended. <laughs> it's not people. <laughs> uh, it's not a person. It's not, not oh, some okay. politician. No, I don't know. <laughs> a, a camera. Right? All you do, grab the camera. Everything's on fully automatic. You point it at something. Boom. Picture. It deserves a copyright, right? But I used a tool. Right, but I, I mean, that's okay. That's apparently just fine. Even though all I did, I went out and I took battlefield pictures, right? Combat theater. I'm a combat photographer. I take pictures. I'm the one that owns the rights. Again, I took the risk. That's amazing. You know, stones of steel to go out there and be a combat photographer, right? But if you leave it on full auto and you just take a shitload of pictures, all of those have copyright. Now I'm dragging this out because I want it really to sink in. I want it to really sink in. Now I am walking around downtown New York and I'm taking street photography. Every single one of those I own the copyright for, right? Again, full auto, mash the button, boom. What everybody brings up, a lot of attorneys do this when you talk about copyright, they go, well, only humans can get a, a, a copyright assigned to them. So that macaque that took a selfie, they couldn't get a copyright. And because it wasn't the photographer that took the picture, nobody can have the copyright. So it's public domain. There, I agree. Why? because nobody actually took the picture, right? If you can still have the, the, the far bounding, right. there was no person involved at all. Right. Correct. Right. But if the photographer were to pick it up and take another picture of the macaque, they would have the copyright for that new picture because it was a human mash the button full auto and take another picture. Okay, now let's drag this into this article. An artist wins prestigious photography prize with AI, refuses the award, gets scrubbed from the competition, and says we need to talk about banning AI from this stuff, quote unquote stuff. This is an article that's over at PCGamer.com by Rich Stanton. And it says AI isn't, there's a quote, AI is not photography, therefore I will not accept the award. You're right. It isn't photography, but it is still art and it still deserves a copyright because the equivalent of pushing the button on the camera is what I did when I put in a string of commands into the AI and it punched out a photograph with just the same level of chaos that nature provides me when I mash the button on my camera and the leaves aren't in the right damn spot. So I have to take another picture and then another, and then another, and then another, I have to take or thousands what if I of trip them and hit the button on the camera and take a photo from a weird angle. And then it's brilliant. 
or I have to keep on taking a picture of the bird that's diving into the water so that I can take the right picture where the beak and the water are just barely meeting and you can see the ring of the water spread out. I've taken 10,000 pictures trying to catch that. I finally got it. Now the 10,000 other pictures, they, or I should say the 9,999 other pictures, they all have copyright. But the one that I publish has copyright and becomes notorious for me as a skilled photographer. But all I've been doing is laying by the puddle, taking picture after picture after picture, full auto. Why is that any different than an AI? All I'm doing is directing the hardware. I'm pushing the button. I'm hitting enter. I've set all of the commands. I've technically to me, I've done more because I'm actually putting in the, the context that the AI should be thinking about. And no two AI images are identical from what I have seen in a fully open trained AI. Yeah. Putting it in mid journey. I doubt you would ever find two identical pictures, literally like DNA or even more so like fingerprints, right? Because supposedly no two people ever will ever, ever, ever have the same fingerprint. So why doesn't AI generated art have a copyright if the human is the one that pushes the damn button? That's what's wrong with this entire argument. So this person says AI is not photography. Therefore I will not accept the award. So what I'm going to do today is I am going to spin up the AI artist awards and I'm going to promote artificial intelligence art and we'll see where we go from there. It'll be part of the reality hacker show and we will talk about AI and VR and augmented reality and mixed reality. Um, all of that, because it really is, I can use AI to generate art. This is the photograph apparently. Seems fine to me. It does not look like a photograph to me. It looks like it's AI generated to me. Right. Cause this is all the, the whole, this, little area here is all kind of warped, but Hey, German art artist, Boris Eldigsen, I think it's probably just Bob, um, entered and won the creative open category at last week's Sony world photography, uh, photography awards with an image called pseudom pseudomnesia, the electrician as part of the judging process. He, also gave the judges uh, certain assurances about the work, claiming it was a co-creation of AI. The creative category is specifically about original and experimental approaches to photography. Uh, so one can see that using cutting edge tech to assist in altering a uh, photograph would seem uh, to fit such criteria. Well, anyway, apparently it was awarded. And then they said, nah, it was completely generated by the AI. I don't know. You know, I think we're going to see a lot more of this. I mean, we've been talking about 
articles that touch on this subject, they weren't obviously the same exact facts with the art competition, but um, I don't see anything, well, either there'll be a case that goes to the Supreme Court or they'll have to update the copyright law to account for AI. Until one of those things happen, I don't see any changes here. Yeah, and I think that we are, I, I think that the cases so far are arguing from the wrong perspective. AI is just like a camera. It is taking a picture using the instructions that I am giving it. And it would not exist, but for my human intervention. Now you can run a whole bunch of programs, uh, AIs and generate all kinds of artwork, but it's not doing it on its own. It's doing it because of human interaction. A camera doesn't take a picture by itself. It is told, take a picture. You push a button, you run a program, a human does something in, in every instance of a recorded video using a camera, a still or a stream. I own the copyright, even though all I did was mash the damn button. Well, and I don't think this was in your scenarios at the beginning, but I'm thinking of the old school cameras, right? Where you pressed a button and there was a complete lag and then the photo occurred. Those right. were obviously copyrightable. Right. And then, but in current times, if you actually have a camera, but let's say you have a phone or something, you can set it up. I forgot what the thing is called, but basically time lag. Yeah. You're not even at the camera and right. you, right? You take right. a photo that could be copyrighted. Yeah. Every single photograph is given a copyright. The only time it even shows up on the government's side of things is if you register it with the US Copyright Office and it's like 40 bucks. And you can do that with anything. But if you disclose that it's AI generated, they invalidate it immediately. Nope, can't right. be assigned because a human- they grant it if it wasn't. But they would grant it if, if you did generally. not disclose it. Yep. Right. But if Which, anybody uh, ever found out, they yeah. would revoke the copyright. Even though again, and I'll, I will say this, I have yet to hear from anybody to say, no, 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 that, that that's just not right. No, I'm an artist. I'm the one that's framing the picture. No, 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 you don't understand. It's not about you specifically. It's about the entire domain of photography and creation. You may you know, set the focal length and put all of the lighting in the perfect spot and get a copyright. Sure. But so does every other photographer out there. They go anywhere. They take a picture of a banana on a wall and it's copyrighted. Even if that banana is somebody else's, my photograph is mine and I can license it. We might get into a, you know, pissing for distance contest about the fact that I took a picture of an artwork, but that photography, that piece is copyrighted. You can't invalidate that because the context of it was 
different lighting, different angle. It's a unique perspective. It was pushed by me. That button was pushed by me. So I just think that there's the only way that this can ever remain the way that it is without copyright is protectionism. They're going to circle the wagons and they being the people who have a vested interest in protecting the hegemony of content creators as it stands right now, not accepting the revolutionary content creation generated by artificial intelligence. And the only way that it would be generated is by me putting that instruction in to initiate that content being created. By the way, y'all are going to love the thumbnail over on YouTube for this, for this episode. You're going to love it. Anyway, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited to. Yeah. Anyway, I think they talk about other things. You know, there's a problem here in the photography industry, said photographer and blogger Faraz Khan. Uh, with this intention, Boris has stated that he wants photography contest organizers to have separate categories for AI images. Fine. I have absolutely no problem with that. My problem is I don't think invalidating AI generated copyright is the same argument that these people are having. My argument is that copyright doesn't exist for AI generated work, either written or, or photographic or musical, anything that's wholly created by AI, but it's not. AI is creating content is created by a human injecting a command into a tool and outputting a result based on my syntax. And just like wilderness photography, it's different every single moment because of chaos. There's no different to me. So I would love to be able to argue this. Anyway, um, I think that this is the wrong argument that they're having, but I wholly agree. If it's going to be a photography contest, then it's a photography contest. It's not an AI contest. Just like you don't sit there and say, well, we're having a swimming race, but the sprinter down the road is competing, right? They're two different right. tools, have two different awards. So that's why I'm going to strike up an AI art generation contest. There's some out there already, but I'll do one within hometown. Um, okay. So let's move on that way. Um, I can go get some food because I'm getting weak. This next article is a new Drake, uh, and the weekend track just blew up, but it's a AI fake and Drake and the weekend are kind of miffed about it based on what I understand. So Drake and the Weeknd have not yet responded to the song, but Drake recently commented on AI generated music that rips off his voice when Drake uh, noticed an AI model of himself singing Munch by Ice Spice, uh, which the AI was just introduced to. Um, he wrote on his Instagram story, this is the final straw AI. It's possible he was messing around, uh, but he would be far from the first major artist to take issue with the rising count of deep fake songs. I have a problem with deep fake songs too. They're fraud. If they're representing itself, you know, that if whoever it is that created the AI generated song is using somebody else entirely and claiming that it's them, it's fraud. Um, 
it isn't a unique thing. It is, you know, it isn't a, a construction onto itself from a human instructing the AI, like I've been arguing for the last 20 minutes. It is actually taking somebody else's identity, somebody else's words, somebody else's everything, and then deep faking around it, which is fraud if it's representing itself as being Drake and the weekend. Makes sense? It does. Um, and I think this is a lot different than the last article that we were talking about. Right. And that's why I put this together like that. Um, I, I very rarely like tie articles together for a purpose, but this is to highlight the juxtaposition between true creation and taking somebody else's work, image, likeness, etc., and defrauding them of their identity. The deep fakes shouldn't be allowed. I think that it's akin to revenge porn. I think that it's a violation of somebody's rights and personhood to fake what they are doing, but it's getting so sophisticated that uh, I, and I know this from experience because I built an engine, uh, when I was working on one of my master's degrees to take phonemes from spoken words and allow <laughs> me to construct a sentence, a spoken sentence from somebody else and make them sound like somebody else. So it's, and this was done over a decade ago. So I know the technology today is so much more sophisticated um, that I gave up trying to pursue that as a process. Um, but I couldn't make anybody sound like anybody if I grabbed their audio from a recording somewhere. I mean, it's so creepy. Well, anyway, um, I believe that this should actually be pursued as a legal uh, dilemma. Whoever it was that did this was representing it as being a Drake in the weekend song. And I think it should be illegal. So Amanda Silberling over at techcrunch.com put the article together. And um, that's basically the, I mean, where I'm coming from, but the article says, you know, copyright law is not technologically advanced enough to have specific guidelines regarding generative AI. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be overly complex. Declare that it's created by AI. You know, don't pretend that it is somebody's work if it's not, et cetera, et cetera. It can follow a lot of the current copyright uh, law that exists. Um, is it wrong that the takeaway I'm getting out of this article is that, oh, that would be a good collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, make it legit. So it says we have moral and commercial responsibility to our artists to work to prevent the unauthorized use of their music and to stop platforms from ingesting content that violates the rights of artists and other creators to a point. I mean, if it's publicly available content, then I have no problem. It's akin to a, a human just walking around listening to music except that it doesn't forget. Um, and I have a real problem with siloing something like a song so that nobody else can ever use it as inspiration. 
Like you can't take a little sample without hunting down the 15 people that were involved in its creation and getting written permission from each one of them to use that three second segment. It's an untenable position for anybody who hasn't been discovered by a billionaire class that has allowed that person to gain fame. It stifles creativity to use copyright law as a battering ram to stop people from spinning. You're, you're basically just taking a little bit of a song and, and creating something new, but it, it really does shut you down. AI on the other hand can be vastly more creative with the same data set because it can process in ways that humans can't now will some of it sound a little bit of a alike yeah but so does all four four music right it all has the same rhythm that's true you know the reason why house sounds like house and, and rap sounds like rap is because of the certain rhythms that are in place um <sighs> I just, I, I really don't like the limitation that the finances are protecting. It isn't about creativity. It's about the finances, protecting the finances. So anyway, the article gets into more detail and, and talks about other things. Um, like at the very bottom, it says in some cases, though, removing one's intellectual property from AI models can be like looking at for a needle in a haystack, a living illustrator who has crafted detailed high fantasy artwork for franchises like D&D, Greg Rutkowski, was one of Stable Diffusion's most popular search terms when it launched in September, allowing users to easily replicate his distinctive style. But that is only distinctive style because other people aren't as well known for that style. So kiss my ass. It has nothing to do with you and your distinctive style. You have influence from countless other people. I guarantee it. Who were your inspirations? AI is nothing more than a consolidated set of inspirations. And if I want to, I can draw out that inspiration for a piece of artwork. But that artwork isn't created by that person. And I'm not saying that it's representative of that person. Some fraud might, but I will always say, hey, it's in the style of this person, but it's not this person. Right. There is a big distinction, and we've talked a lot about the idea versus the expression of the idea. Yeah, and you can't protect the idea, and you can't even protect the distinctive style. You can protect your embodiments. But if somebody comes along and has something that's stylistically close, suing them is the worst possible thing. Why? Because it's basically a false positive. They've created the artwork off of their skill, their abilities. AI is no different. I'm telling the AI, create this like this style. And if I don't like it, then I destroy it and I'll create something else with different instruction sets. It's no different than software engineers building something, except, you know, you have to kind of develop those skills to be a software engineer. Although nowadays, eh, Chad GBT can write software. It's going to get rough out there for um, knowledge, skills, and abilities. 
because AI is vastly superior to humans in many ways, except for controlled creation. That's why I will always love artists work because it's created by artists. Regardless of the AI, it's not like I'm going to fanboy an AI and go, Ooh, I only love artwork that's created by mid journey. Why? Because it's chaos. It just happens that I appreciate some of the output from that chaos, but I will go and and buy uh, Greg Rutkowski's work because it's Greg Rutkowski. It's their work. Their work created by a human being is going to be vastly more expensive because it's created by a human being as opposed to an AI. Hey, this was actually created by a, a human being. What? What did you just say? <laughs> you almost said a lyric to a movie that we just saw featured on. Oh, wait, wait, I don't will tell always. Me. <laughs> yes, I thought you were going to say that just to complete the statement. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, I'll be honest. The lyric actually popped in my head as I was saying it. <clears throat> I will always love you. I will always. Anyway, I'm getting um, kind of a little punch drunk here, so I'm going to move on unless you want to add something to it. But I've been soapboxing for a while. No, I think it's time to go to the next one. All right. So Pimax says Nintendo style switch uh, VR hybrid thing is coming to backers this month. I'm going to hurry up and get to the end of the show. <laughs> Road to VR is where this is. Scott Hayden is the author. I think their bylines are too small. They need to give bigger Just credit. Just a bit. <laughs> On my screen, it's like little dots. <laughs> On your screen, isn't it like 110 inches? Because you're or bigger because you're an AI. Damn it! Clearly, I need a better visual display. Yeah, oh, right on. Hey, so the way that this works is it's a Pimax. Uh, HMD head mounted display VR goggles, basically. Um, but you can actually put controllers inside the controllers and they're like Nintendo switch controllers. Um, it says as a hybrid device portals portal works as both a Nintendo switch style handheld, uh, running Android and a Samsung gear VR he style headset, which uses a dedicated VR shell housing and switch style controllers, which snap into their own bespoke housing. Pimax has really high resolution headsets, by the way. Um, although now I'm not sure with uh, big screen, huh? Anyway, um, it says while strapping an Android device onto a headset shell is decidedly a throwback concept, Portal managed to attract over $350,000 from backers in the device's 2022 Kickstarter campaign. I don't know more about this, but it says it's um, by the end of May, Pimax says that it'll have more than 20 VR games available for Portal VR mode. Uh, furthermore, Pimax says QLED version of Portal will support native PC VR via HDMI, which I don't want cables. Damn it. Get rid of cables. We have the technology. Move past these damn cables. Uh, while other versions uh, will support streaming PC VR uh, content via Wi-Fi. E it's not E6. Oh, my God. It's 6E. Anyway, and USB-C. 
So Wi-Fi 6E, folks, that's where it's at. If you're using anything other than Wi-Fi 6E, upgrade. It is a, it's a game changer, a life changer. I can take my Pico 4s and because I have uh, Wi-Fi 6E uh, throughout the grand estate that is Ometown, um, I can uh, tell my network I'm attaching to this and only this node and I get 400, 500, 600 megabit connection, um, easy, easy mode, which means that I don't suffer any lag or delay across my network with Wi-Fi 6E and all of the rest of the devices can still use um, 6E at speed as opposed to the way that uh, Wi-Fi 5 works, which is really a cluster, but anyway. Um, let's move on to the next article and the last one for today, because this is our namesake. Animals are using rafts of plastic garbage to colonize the open ocean. That's right, folks. Um, would it, would you call it evolving? Maybe revolving. This is kind of, I think it's evolving. Like it's a whole, or maybe like mutation. <laughs> it's well, there's actually a game called mutant and or mutants. And or biomutants, that's what it's called. Biomutants, my god. Anyway, biomutants um, is that uh, basically humans were wiped out and animals evolved and became sentient, as well as create. There's like other monsters, anyway. Totally dystopian future. It's a lot of fun to play the game, but this. That's exactly where I was going with this. So thank you for uh, walking us down this road. Marine species are normally found close to shore, have been surviving for years in the open ocean on rafts made of plastic waste. According to a report, the discovery exposes novel ecosystems that are now emerging due to widespread human pollution. This is over at vice.com. Um, is it a, let me, motherboard tech by vice, vice.com, whatever. Becky Ferreira is the author. And uh, this is what it looks like. I guess there's critters in there somewhere. Maybe others. Uh, I don't know. Um, it says a surprising variety of coastal animals, including mollusks, anemones, crustaceans, were found living and even reproducing on floating plastic debris in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch in Ocean uh, Geyer, right? Or That's how it's pronounced, right? Geyer. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Um, a, a big mass um, between Hawaii gyre, and California. Like yeah, gyre. gyre, like gyre. That's it. I quit. Uh, that contains an estimated 80,000 tons of accumulated trash, according to new research. Whereas natural rafts made of wood or pumice uh, rapidly biodegrade as the drift across the oceans. Plastic debris is extremely resilient, providing unprecedented access to the open, open. It says open, open. I think it's supposed to be open ocean, uh, known as the pelagic zone uh, to species that have never colonized it before. It's all pretty gross. It is pretty uh, gross, but I have to admit, I'm imagining larger animals than mollusks on these rafts. Yeah, so let me see if I can do this real quick. Um... No, I can't. Uh, no, I can. Maybe I can. 
No, I can't show y'all. I'm sorry. I can't. Anyway, um, I was going to show you the cover art for today's episode. Anyway, the plastic sphere or the plastosphere, uh, may now provide extraordinary new opportunities for coastal species to expand populations into the open ocean and become a permanent part of the pelagic uh, community, um, fundamentally altering the ocean communities and ecosystem processes uh, in this environment with potential implications for shifts in species dispersal and biogeography at broad spatial scales, they added. It's basically the equivalent of a land bridge that's yeah, the implication. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be like the next Pangea kind of thing for. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so the results line up with informal observations that have been collected in recent years. For instance, the long-distance swimmer Ben Lecomte spent months swimming through the Great Pacific Garbage Patch where he witnessed an abundance of life forms thriving in the refuse. Okay, so there's, again, a lot more to this article, um, but you'll have to go over, follow the link, and go check it out. Um, also, another PSA, microplastics are pervading everything. They are everywhere. So, um, Promote using glass and recycling of glass. Getting away from plastic is probably one of the healthiest things that we can do. Unfortunately, the world is pretty much powered by plastic, um, but uh, I'm doing my part in and slowly migrating away from plastic where I can. Um, hopefully there are some stronger uh, glasses being made that are still recyclable because that's the biggest fear dropping a glass bottle is i don't know disastrous and possibly deadly <laughs> that's right all right folks that's it for today i am marwat up there is the ai that runs ometown i always bring you back to the front page i'm gonna risk it ta-da yeah I think it's the AI. It may be. The AI feels very glitchy today. Yeah, I agree. George Santos wants to run for re-election? Yeah, right. I can't believe he's still in office. Elon Musk says that new AI will prioritize maximum truth-seeking. <laughs> Jeez, this guy. And the Polestar 4 electric SUV packs a lot of punch in a small package. That's right, because dynamite comes in small packages too. I got nothing else. Y'all have a good <laughs> night. Thanks for hanging out. Come back tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Don't forget. Showbot, YouTube, Discord. We're here on Twitch podcast what else Nothing patreon else. oh yeah there is a patreon i'd never i just never promote that because the only thing that you'll be paying for is an edited version of this with less of me well, there might be something else all right well thanks for hanging out see you tomorrow 9 p.m eastern bye bye you want to say bye Bye. We'll see you tomorrow at nine o'clock.
Yes. Good night. Good night, hometown citizens. <laughs> Thank you.